thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Well, are you ready for Easter, family? You ready? Easter's coming two weeks out. Here we go. It's going to be great. Uh, It is the... uh, the day we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And I just want to encourage you to be praying for one person uh, that you could invite that day. We will have four services that day. And so um, that'll be a lot for us from two to four. Uh, we'll be jumping up 7.30. Who's going to be here at 7.30 in the morning? Dad, you'll be here at 7.30. What's up? Come on. It'll be me, Dad, and Will Riddle. What's up? All right. <laughs> Kenny will be here. All right. Uh, it's going <laughs> to be great. Um, but uh, four services, and we've got these cards. I want to encourage you to make sure and try to invite uh, somebody. As you know, uh, that is the day that oftentimes people who will not normally uh, uh, come will say, absolutely, I'll go. And so we're hoping that that will be an opportunity for them then to uh, make a decision to follow Jesus that day. All right, you feel good? Renata, you feel good? You look good. What's up? <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. All right, let's go John chapter 6 today. And... Uh, John chapter six, we're in this series and here's the vision. The vision is to focus in on Jesus as we approach Easter. And so there's these statements that Jesus makes and the gospel of John helps us see them so beautifully because he gives us these seven I am statements where Jesus talks about what he's like. So this series could be Jesus on Jesus, Jesus about Jesus, because Jesus is telling us what he's like. And so, uh, We took some time and talked about Jesus as the good shepherd and and that he is protecting us. He takes care of us. And of course, that's one of our favorites. That's why Psalm 23 is uh, everybody's favorite because all of us, like a child or like a sheep, like to feel protected. And it's one of the great parts of following Jesus is that you're protected. And we talked about Jesus being the vine and that we abide in the vine, we stay connected, and that he gives us life. And Jesus used that picture that we are the branch. And we can do nothing on our own, but there can be fruit if we're connected. So we talked about abiding in Jesus and the vine. We talked last week about Jesus, the light of the world. And that was really about following. That was about the guiding light of Jesus. And we talked even in the way that in the wilderness, The people of God, the Israelites, followed the fire by night. And following Jesus means he is the light. He lights up the path. And we talked about him being the light of our lives. And this idea that we're going to go after today out of John 6 is when he says, I am the bread of life. And so just a moment ago, we partook of communion together. and, And this idea of he is the bread of life at its root is that he satisfies my soul. It's that he is the soul food. It's that in the buffet of desires, Jesus satisfies more than anything. So Jesus is able to satisfy me eternally in a way that the world can never satisfy. That no desire that I have on planet Earth, nothing satisfies like Christ. So I haven't read the text yet. I'm already screaming. All right, here we go. John chapter six. Here we go. Verse 35. It says this. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Because... 
And Jesus just fed the 5,000. And so, uh, so that story is there in John 6. Then verse 26, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. So Jesus is saying here, hey, you're coming after me because you want the bread. And then he says, so do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. He's going after eternity, which the Son of Man will give you. He's saying, I'll give it to you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he, he has sent. She's saying, believe in me. Here's the work you have to do. Believe. Verse 30. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What, what will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So they're saying, hey, there's free bread every day. You just did that. Can we get some of that? Jesus said to them, hey, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses, and this is so Jesus, he corrects them. It's not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father. He's like, get the giver right, who gives you the, the true bread from heaven. And he's talking about himself. Jesus is the true bread. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said, always give us this bread. And here's the verse for the day, and Jesus declared to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus, we love you. We pray that we would be a people that feast on the bread of life. We ask that this would be more than a metaphor that we memorize, but a lifestyle that we live. Holy Spirit, illuminate your word. We honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the fun things about being a parent is you get to see your children's desires mature as they get older, <laughs> right? So I have, uh, my kids are now uh, teenagers, 11, 14, 16, and 17, right? And so my 17-year-old, I like picking on him, uh, but when he, was, um, when he was a little kid, and his, his, his first desire that you could feel was that really kind of came out of nowhere that Renata and I didn't know was for Thomas the Train. He liked Thomas the Train. Everything was Thomas the Train. Thomas the Train parties, Thomas the Train toys. And uh, so he liked all of them and he collected all of them. So there was Edward and there was James and there was Thomas and there was Percy. And one day we're sitting at dinner and Dawson's just staring off into space and I'm wanting to drill in on what's going on in his mind. And so I said, what are you thinking about? And he said, oh, dad, I'm just thinking about Percy. <laughs> okay, so, so that's a little tiny toddler. But then it matured just a little bit. And then it went from Thomas, and we matured just a little bit. Not a whole lot. But, but, but then we, we got up to cars, Lightning McQueen, Mr. the King, Sally, right? Yeah, some of you know what I'm talking about. You're like, that's, that's the world I live in, baby, right? And those, and those desires, those, it was a little more mature, but it had actions. So the two-year-old just wanted to think, but the one who was a little older got a little more actions, and those actions were, let's go to Disney. Let's own every single toy. So that desire is going to cost you, Dad. Because now when you come home, I, I, there's, there's an action step to that desire. 
So we went, we, we, we got to go on the rides and we got to watch the movie and we got to have the little cars. And, and then we went from there, we, when we stepped up to, to Mario, that became Halloween. Mario was a season. Then it got real expensive because it, then, then the desire became the NFL. That was about age eight. And then it became jerseys. And then, I mean, it went to a whole nother world. Actually, that was about the time that me and Dawson became really good friends. I mean, <laughs> I mean, because then I could connect. All right, right? But, but, but then there was action because you always chase after your desires. Always. There's, always. there's always behavior. There's always action. But it starts with a desire. It's connected to that desire. And so as a parent can see, desires mature. On your spiritual journey with Jesus, as your desires spiritually mature, as you go from step to step, your behavior, you'll always chase those desires. And here's Jesus, and he's going after motive. He's going after desire. So action step is, hey, give us some bread. And Jesus comes in, he's going, let's go after why are you asking me for bread? <laughs> let's see, what are you talking about? What's going on? And Jesus, he doesn't condemn. He's not putting out the desire for bread. That's significant. He's using it as a sign. He's using it as a moment to take that desire for physical food. And he's saying, let me hit on a more mature desire than even that. Let me hit on this eternal spiritual desire. And he says, I am the bread of life. Now for us, we might not connect with that miracle or that sign super powerfully because we live in such abundance. We go, all right, they had all you can eat bread. Big deal. I get that unlimited breadsticks at Olive Garden. And so it doesn't connect. But in first century Palestine, this would have been significant. In fact, some historians say that it's possible that that, 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 that the common man could spend even up to 85% of their income on food. So between taxation and food, they were extremely poor. So in John 6, when we've got the story that they ate till they were full, it was provided for free. Yes, it's an Old Testament picture of Jesus, who is the bread coming from heaven, like the, the manna that came from heaven. The father gives the bread in the wilderness, and the father gives the son Jesus. And it's also very valuable, very meaningful to the average first century right in that season where they're like, wow, I ate till I was full. I got it for free. Always give us some of this bread. Do what Moses used to do. Can we get some more of that every day, right? And so we, it's hard for us to connect with it, but it would have been significant. Actually, um, Renata and I showed this uh, movie with our, to our kids um, called End of the Spear. And it's the story about uh, Nate Saint and uh, Jim Elliott who took the gospel to Ecuador and great missionaries that ended up losing their lives, but for the gospel. And so it's a powerful story about then their families going and reaching this group of people, the Wadani people in Ecuador. It's phenomenal, a phenomenal movie. And we watched it sheerly with the goal of just helping our kids see some mission work. But on the back end, there's some humor connected to it because they actually took one of the men who was from the tribe uh, and brought him to the United States of America and they filmed him going to a grocery store in the United States. And so he's, he's, he's been in this 
tribe where they're famous for spearing people. It's very primitive. And now he's suddenly in a, 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 a grocery store in the United States, and he just can't figure out where he is. He's just shocked. He, he, he's just, it, it's just, it just, it's like fish out of water. And then it shows him trying to explain to his people what it's like, right? And he's saying, you wouldn't believe it. There's piles of food. There's piles of fruit and vegetable, everything that you could want, and it's different colors. And then he says, and then at the end, he goes, it's free. All you do is you go and you take it up to another person, and they put it in these big bags, and they just give it to you. And he says, well, actually, you have to give them a little piece of plastic. It's like this. You give them this card, but he gives it right back, you know, and it's amazing. And and the narrative is, is the shock to get that cultural, countercultural experience. And I think for us, we can't even picture to actually go back, if you were to flip it and say for us, it's like that. It's for us to go, we can't see it. We lived with such wealth. We can't. But this would have been significant. And when Jesus, the bread of life, does this miracle, it's significant for them. And Jesus is using the moment to communicate to them. All right? You are a good father who gave manna in the wilderness now has an even better gift. The gift comes from the father. The gift is the son. And I am the bread of life. And so he makes this declaration. I am the bread of life. And he's going, I want you to get this. I, I, and then he gives this invitation. Come to me. And then there's the promise. And everybody that comes to me You'll never hunger again. Declaration, I am the bread of life. This is true. This is who I am. This is reality. I want you to get it. It's clear. I am the bread of life. Jesus, the bread that's come from heaven. And this invitation that was available to them, it's available to us. Come to me and feast. Come to me and eat. Feed upon me. And the result, here's the promise. And it's the promise that if we get, it changes our lives. And if we don't get it, we'll spiritually starve. Whoever feeds upon me. You, you, you don't have to have hunger. And, and, and Jesus is using this moment, this miracle moment to get their attention. And the, the amazing thing to me is when I think about what he's talking about here. He's going after motive and he's going after heart. He's going after He's using the, the, the hunger pains of the stomach to try to capture the hunger pains of the human heart. And he's saying, listen, even, even if I feed you once, if, you know, if the father feeds you, but we, we got this miracle going on, but this doesn't last. This is, this is going to last short term. This is daily. This is done in a day. But I, I am the bread that can feed you eternally. And so that longing in your heart, and I'll tell you this, if there's anything in my journey that I just believe is, is like the secret, hmm. sports language would be like <laughs> secret weapon. Like maybe I shouldn't say secret. Maybe I should say the most strategic or the most essential, <sighs> transformative, the most powerful, like in American Christianity, if you get this transformed desires building block in your life, it's a gateway into loving the Christian life. 
It's, and, and, and I'm sad to say that in, in my journey, there's so many that, that, that don't get it. And, 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 and when you get it, it's transformative. I mean, the idea of transformed desires is extremely powerful. So that's why, like for me at Radiant Church, I feel like I watch people and, 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 and I can see people and we say, all right, come to salvation. They come to know Jesus. And that's why real quick, we go into that find freedom because you got, you got to get delivered from the yesteryear. You got to say no. And a lot of people though, they stop there because they go, okay, I'm a follower of Jesus. So I've got to stop doing, and it's beautiful and it's wonderful because they get set free from the addiction. Uh, they're, they're finding freedom from the things that used to the things of the, the, the desires that used to entrap them. But you can't just stay there. If you stay there, you don't have the joy, the life, the abundance. I mean, the Christian life has way more to offer than just marinating and staring at the, ba- the buffet of desires out there and saying, I'm not going to do those things. And if you stay there, this is, this is, the, pro, this is the challenge of Christianity in, for us right here, like Kansas City, like 2022, because we have so many amazing things. We'll go a little bit with Jesus, but then we'll go, I'm going to hold on to these five or six or seven other desires too, and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to marinate right here, and I'm not going to feed on the bread of life. I'm not going to have my desires transformed like they could be, but if you stay there, you, burnout is inevitable. Frustration, starvation takes place. Because you're, you're in the house of God, but you're not feeding on God. And eventually, eventually, you, you drain the fuel. Eventually, uh, it, it's, you start to starve spiritually. I mean, imagine the absurdity if I were to go, if, if every, let's say every meal with my family, but I, I never ate. Like I sat at the table, and let's just say we did three square meals a day. I mean, cereal, sandwich, hamburger helper for dinner, whatever, you know, like, and, but I never ate. Even though I'm going through the routine, I could slowly starve. That's church for a lot of people. I'll gather, but I'm not going to feed on Christ. And if you do that, you could slowly starve. That's why I hear it radiant. Like one of my, one of, one of my passions, you'll just, you'll just learn it. I was 20 years a youth pastor, 20, that's two decades. Recently, I heard a guy say, hey, I was a youth pastor for 10 years, and he gave that as like his resume validation statement, talked about it so long, and I was like, brother, I was a 10 years, that ain't nothing, you know what I mean, like 20 years. And here's one of the things that I watched, 20 years as a youth pastor, I watched time and time again, I watched so many teenagers, and they say yes to Christ, but I knew if the only way that you kept them in high school was popping balloons with their butts and eating pizza and ice skating and avoiding the bad world out here and just subculture, you eventually still lose them. But it, but if, because you, you're going to chase desires. We all chase desires. You're a, you're a desiring machine. You, you have, the issue is not, will you chase them? It's which desires will you chase? So that's why, that's why here at Radiant, we're, I mean, with our teenagers, we're, I mean, no, I mean, full on, we're trying to get the transformation of desires taking place. 
It's got to be, I, I, I'm going to feast on Jesus so that it's, I go, I, I go through the spiritual journey of salvation and getting set free, but not just to marinate and not do bad things and stare at the world and just say, well, I'm just going to wait until I die and my soul is saved in the vault of heaven. We'll get there one day. Instead, it's no, no, no. When I feed upon Christ, then I'm, I'm partaking of him. I'm communing with him. And what is in his heart gets connected to my heart. And, and there's a transformation that slowly starts to take place. And just like a child would start to have more mature desires as they get older, a, a, a disciple of Jesus will start to have a little bit more mature desires. And over time, as they feed on him, as they the picture, the metaphor, consume him daily, just like the Israelites ate daily of the manna. If you'll feed on Jesus over time, you'll be surprised how the things of earth grow strangely dim. The desires of the planet start to not pull on you like they used to. That's one of the most beautiful, and I'm telling you, that's the beautiful part of the Christian life. Like, like we had uh, this room full on Friday night uh, of the dream team, which is the people that uh, are serving, all right? Now, if, if their motive for serving is, I'm gonna prove to God that I like him more than whatever, so I'm gonna just serve more than, more than a brunch on a Sunday, and I'm gonna be an usher, and I'm gonna open a door, and I'm gonna take care of that baby, and I, mm, you all right? Their longevity is short. And even if they endure the pain of serving for a season, what God's looking for is not taking place. Because actually then, there's a whole lot of <laughs> turmoil. But we say, one of our culture reports is serving is our joy. Because as you're transformed, as you, as you spend, and then you actually have those desires change and one of the fun parts about talking to people on our dream team is that they're doing the thing that they love and they're actually got to the place where serving is their joy because of what they actually desire to do because Christ has transformed them. So it actually becomes true. I know you're not going to believe me when I tell you this, but it's actually true. There are people that right now that are serving your kids and they want to be there. No, there's not. Yes, there is. There's actually people that greet you, that they want to greet you. There's actually people that serve, pray, give, study the Bible, want. In fact, I remember uh, Renata and I were at, it was just, for, for me, it was this great picture because um, there was a guy that I thought was really, really cool. Uh, we we're the same age. And uh, he was 6'3". He could grow a beard. And I looked up to him in a lot of ways. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, but he, had three, he and his wife, Nikki, had three little kids. And Renata and I had four. And we were having lunch. And we were, we were in, um, there, they had a really nice house. Um, and we're just having lunch at their house and we're talking about their future. And he talks to me about how he, he, he is going to move his family to Guatemala uh, to take care of orphans. And I respond with a, um, probably a, some immature, sarcastic, like I, I gave him an attaboy. And I, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to like not, but I just gave him like a attaboy, you know, like, and I just... Never forget his frustration with my accolade, with, with my, the tone of my accolade. Because I was giving him an accolade as if he was going to endure the pain of Guatemala and wow, take one for the team, bro. 
And he responded with, I'll just never forget, big smile. He's from Texas, so he talked a little bit like that. And he said, David, David, I want to go to Guatemala. And I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, I just, huh, you know, and it's, and, and here's the thing. That's a small illustration, but that happens a hundred times a day as you, as you in your own life or you encounter the people of God where there's actually transformation, a, a consumption of, and then a becoming like, and I, what I feed upon, what I feast upon is what I become like. And whatever you feed upon, you'll start to develop an appetite for. Or let me say it this way. You'll start to develop a hunger for, right? So, We've got at our fingertips so many different things to feed upon. We've got perpetual sports. We've got perpetual entertainment. We've got perpetual news, perpetual financial knowledge. We've got, I mean, shopping. And I mean, we've got all of it, not just on screens, but in the cold. I mean, it's, and we're, we've got so many stimulants. We've got so many things all around us that it's easy. It's easy to not feed upon Jesus. But here's the truth. If you'll feed upon him, your hunger for him will grow. And we tend to look at people that have had transformed desires and go, what's with you? I was actually looking at my friend Jeremiah, who is serving in Guatemala right now, happy. He met me up at Legends the other day. David, I love you. You know what I mean? Like, he's still there. His, and, and, and we look at some people that are living significantly different than the cultural norm. And many of us think that's so strange. That's so different. But here's what the one who's got this transformation, they look back and they go, this is what I love. This is what I want to do. And so here's the invitation to you. You can be just as weird as them. (laughs) And, and, And that is the Christian life. I mean, just, just, just read the New Testament. Just read the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament. Just read the way of Yahweh connecting with his people. It is that we are strangers and aliens in the present. I mean, it is that we are different. And, and as God does this in your heart, as you start to have these transformational dynamics, um, it's actually amazing that the God who, who made you in his image, as he transforms your desires as you feed upon him. And, and, and I'm not saying that you never, I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that, that, that you only do what you desire, but what's amazing is the conflict of desires starts to go on inside of you all the time. And it's, it's not that, it's just which desire is gonna win? Which desire becomes the greater desire, right? So, so, like you're reading Psalms, early will I seek thee. You still have the desire to sleep in. But the desire to be with Jesus and to feed upon him might grow. You, or you might still desire to skip church and do brunch. Not for any of you that are right there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. But that was a bad illustration. Um, but, but there might be a higher desire that goes, maybe I want to gather in the congregation and worship him and be a blessing to other people. You with me? So... So I'm not saying that there's suddenly the absence. No doubt about it. We we got a spiritual battle going on inside of us. But the things of God, as you feast upon God, 
if you fail to feast, those desires will fade. But if you continue to feast on him, it'll become like a roaring desire that gets stronger and stronger. C.S. Lewis said it this way. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy pow, is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. And then it's this. We are far too easily pleased. So when Jesus comes along and Jesus says, yeah, yeah, you have a, you have a, a hunger for bread, but if you'll feast upon me, I am the bread of life. I'll, I, feast on me, feed upon me, and you will have eternal life. That's the superior pleasure. That's the superior hunger. That's the superior desire. And so consistently feeding upon Jesus will begin to transform those desires. Psalm 34, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Here's the dream to continue to say, all right, I'm gonna choose to daily feast upon God and watch your desires, watch your hungers mature. I know a few weeks ago, I was like up here and I just spontaneously screamed, I love hanging out <laughs> with old people that love Jesus. And then people have been making fun of me about that ever since. And it wasn't planned. But, it, but it's so true because in it, I see, and that's why the church has to be multi-generational. And, and, but when we see that, it gives me, okay, that's, it's possible to not have these desires, these hungers, these heart hungers be predominant. It's possible to have Jesus as that superior desire, that superior pleasure. So all the promises are for the spiritually hungry. Here's what I mean. If you read the Bible, um, it's a tricky thing because for the believer, we live both spiritually satisfied and hungry at the same time, simultaneously all the time. And the promises are to those who hunger and thirst. It's to the, and the temptation is, over time, to cease to hunger and thirst. But if you'll feed upon God, that's... It, it's amazing because it's opposite of the, the natural. In the natural, um, if I'm hungry, I eat and I'm satisfied. In the spiritual, if I eat, I get hungry. So it's opposite. And then whatever I feed upon, I develop more of an appetite for, and I become hungry and hungrier for the things of God. So in the same way that the Israelites might feast on manna, you feast on the bread of life, Jesus, through the written word of God, abiding in him, walking with him in prayer, feasting on him. He's your feast. He's your daily feast. And you become hungry and hungrier and hungrier. You get to where... The, so, so when you read in the scriptures, all, all of these verses, all of these texts that seem to give blessing to those that hunger. You'd be surprised how one of the best things you could do is make space in your life to feed upon the bread of life, Jesus, so that you actually have the capacity to grow in hunger. Matthew 5, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Psalm 107, 8. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Isaiah 55, 1. Come, all who are thirsty, 
Come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. So the beauty of the Christian life is that we continue to be the people that are just the beggars asking for bread and he's what satisfies. Brennan Manning said, I'm just one beggar telling other beggars where the bread is. That's the Christian life. I remember, um, interesting, I was in eighth grade and one of the most powerful messages, I, I can't remember most sermons from the eighth grade, but I remember this one where a guy walked in, he's supposed to give a sermon and all he did was dress up like a beggar and he had a loaf of bread and then he took it and he had, you know, he had dressed up like he was dirt all over him, like he was, you know, super poor, like he was a beggar. And he had just, the interesting thing about this, this was a fairly new Christian. And he just began to eat and then he had tears. And then he just said, Jesus is the bread of life. And he left. And I, I want to tell you, I, there was a person that spoke every Wednesday in eighth grade. That's the only one I remember. And he only said one sentence. Should have done that today, huh? <laughs> I think the thing for me, as we learn how to feast upon Christ, that I, I dream about for us as a church, I dream about you um, being a person that feeds on Jesus when you're with him every day. And so when Jesus says, yeah, um, just like my father gave you bread in the wilderness. Now I, Jesus, I am the bread that comes from heaven. And my father has sent me and feast upon me like you feasted upon the manna. And you won't just have bread for a day, but you'll have bread life for eternity, that we choose. Jesus, yes, you've saved me. I'm gonna believe. And Jesus, I'm gonna continue to feed upon you. Imagine a church where the people of God are daily in the presence of God, feeding upon the word of God, studying the person of God, Jesus, feasting, feeding upon him so that where you are today is not where you are a decade from now. So that it's just one of the most beautiful things. It's one of the most beautiful things to have the bread of life, that Zoe life, that abundant life, that life that is Christ's life. Start to just take up more and more of your desires so that you actually, you actually look at the things of God as, like, I just never forget the, uh, sorry, spontaneous stories coming to my head. I just never forget this businessman that I went to Africa with. I'm sitting on the plane, I'm asking him why he's, about his life. And he's like, oh, well, I was really successful in business. And he said, but the number one thing that satisfies me, that I, that, that I just, I just love is 
going to the places that have never heard the gospel and seeing the people. And with the days that I have, telling them about Jesus. I, it, it just, he goes, I know I could use my wealth for some other things, but that's what I want to use my wealth for. That, that person has changed what he's feeding upon. The algorithm on his Instagram is not feeding him. He switched to a different feeding platform of Christ. All right. The things of God get in me and I feed upon him. And now that's what I have a hunger for and an appetite for. Many of us, we, we kind of get stuck in this journey where we're just going to try to stay distracted. We said yes to Jesus, but we're just, we're going to stay clean and be good not do the bad thing, but we're staring, our eyes are staring at the appetites of the planet. And, and that, that moral conviction that you have, I mean, if you're here, you're going against the cultural norm. If you're online right now watching this, I mean, you're doing something like, you're already there. But I'm telling you, this is the gateway to just decades of love. And I mean, where you, where you end up and you're, you are that, person that's older and you got generations that are blessed and you got whatever you have and you're just, oh, Jesus is worth it all. You're the one that, that gives extravagantly, that serves enormously, that has, cares about a whole different structure because you've been discipled by Christ instead of CNN or Fox News. You just live a different life. That's where we're going. That's really hard. That's really hard to do on your own, our own desires. But if you feed upon him, if you feast on him, it becomes my joy. Jeremiah, you're amazing. You're going to Guatemala. You're going to take your little kids. You're pulling them out of baseball. They're good baseball players. Hey, you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. How are you going to go to the games? What? Hey. Oh, David. I desire to raise my kids. That's where I'm going to live. So, your daily manna is not to go outside your tent and pull bread off the grass. Your manna is to get up, find your time, and be with Jesus. Feed on the bread of life. In that Old Testament picture, Jesus didn't just, God didn't just supernaturally just fill their stomachs. God gave. And they had to go out and get the bread. And you got to play your part. What a lot of us do is we just go, well, I'll listen to a podcast in the car while I'm busy doing my other things. Hold on a second. He's king. He's Lord. He's God. He's shepherd. He's vine. I want to invite you. I'm not giving you a method that you have to do. I want you to tap into the desire to feed upon him. And you decide what it looks like in your life. But don't forego feeding the bread of life. We you bow your heads with me.
Jesus says here in John 6, to believe. It's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's nothing that we do. It's what he's done. Here's what you do. Your first step is you believe. Jesus, you are the bread of life. You made that declaration, you're the bread of life. Okay, you are. Today, if you wanna come to Jesus, just like he said in John 6, come to me. Maybe you feel like today you're starving. The buffet of hungers, desires, the world cannot meet them. And you want the eternal life that comes from Christ Jesus. Come to Jesus. Just like he said then, he says to you now, come to Jesus. It's not come to a religion. It's not come to a church. It's not come to Fiorella's. It's not, it's come to Jesus. And he will satisfy the hunger of the human heart. If that's you today, I just want to invite you. Give your life to Jesus today. Just say this, Jesus, I give you my life. Be my bread, be my source. Satisfy me for all eternity. I surrender, I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna invite you right there in your seat. Just would you, if you just keep your head bowed, would you just take a moment and would you just ask the Holy Spirit, would you stir her spiritual hunger in me, God? I wanna feed upon Jesus. Increase the hunger in my heart. Now you ask the Holy Spirit just to give you, just what's the one thing he's asking you? Your, your, just your one action step. Maybe your action step is, is just to wait upon the Lord. Maybe your action step is to get alone with him. Feed on Jesus. So what's he, what's, I just want you to get that one obedient step. See, what's he inviting you to? Declaration, I am the bread of life. Invitation, come to me. Promise, I'll satisfy. I'll meet that hunger. Lord, mark us. I pray that you would work in our church. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Let's stand together. We're gonna take the offering before we go. And uh, I just want to thank you for all that you're doing with your tithes and offerings. Ushers, if you want to come forward. Prayer team, if you wouldn't mind coming forward. Hey, listen, it's a fun time to be at Radiant Church. Easter's around the corner. And we're doing, we're, because, because of just your generosity, which this is an outrageously generous church, we're able to do things around the world. I love uh, this week, I'll go to Colorado Springs and I'm on the board there with Every Home for Christ. And uh, I have been since 2009, either on the board or working there. And right now, Every Home for Christ is doing a great work in Ukraine in lots of different ways, meeting tangible needs, as well as sharing the gospel in the middle of all that's going on. We're starting to see some, some churches that are starting to register. We're gonna have hundreds of kids here this summer. I'm just so excited about churches being planted. Uh, it's just DMing on Instagram with my sister who's coming back from Africa and God's, I mean, if you've seen, I don't know, if I, I mean, I've been able to see some of the videos about what God's doing there. It's phenomenal. And I just want to thank you because I believe God's called us 
to really do an, to really be faithful, we'll be faithful of what he's called us to do to reach the next generation and to make a difference in Kansas City and to plant churches and take the gospel to the darkest places around the world. I just think we'll continue to see just God's breath on our church. And so I want to thank you for not just giving uh, to our church, but giving through our church. So let's just, let's just pray over the tithes and offerings. If you're giving in the room or online or wherever you are in the app, Father, we just pray the blessing, the favor, the strength of God on every person at Radiant Church. Those in the room, those online, God, those that, uh, those that couldn't be here today, and I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would strengthen them with might. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless them. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless their, their time alone with God. I pray that you would prosper their marriages. I pray that their kids would walk with Jesus all their days, that they'd grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God. God, I pray, Lord God, that as they'd be a light of the gospel where they work, where they go to school. I pray that you would bless their businesses. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless them. Lord, help us be a light on our streets to our neighbors around us. God, use us in Jesus' name. We love you. We honor you.